another prayer just over the message. So Lord, we thank you that we get to come together uh, here in the room, Father. We thank you that we, uh, for those that are coming together online right now, Father. We just thank you that, uh, that we could dive into your word and hear from you today, Lord, that you've given uh, a word and help uh, people not to see the vessel, Lord, but to hear your words uh, spoken into lives, Father. Thank you, Lord, that your words are going to touch, change, and transform people's lives to come. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. So we've been on a series for like six months, uh, even a little bit before uh, in the in the youth group, called Culture. Everybody say Culture. culture. So it's just been something we've been on for a while, Culture, uh, how I'd like to say it, even a little bit uh, uh, BC, or what would it be, 2019 BC, before Corona. That's the best joke you're going to get today, I promise you that, BC before Corona. But, so we've been on this series for a while, and we've been talking about how we as a generation are called to create impact and influence culture. And I believe that can be done and everyone should be doing it from birth all the way until 120. The reason why I say 120 because that's what I'm believing to make it to is 120. So if I decide to watch this 90, oh, how many years from now, I can hold on to it so it's still relevant. But I believe each one of us are called to impact and create and influence culture. I don't know about you guys, but I want to be able to, when I leave here, leave a legacy. And what I mean by leaving a legacy, I want to be, uh, sorry if you, I'm not the best with English neither, but I know a few things. So I want to be like the noun in the sentence. I want, meaning like, you know, the person where God is the subject. So when people see my legacy, they just see my name, but they, they know that my life was all about God. That was the subject that my life preached. That I was the verb, because we as people were called to take action action, but God was the adverb, which ad, if you don't know what an adverb is, it's a modifier and a qualifier. So I want, so my actions, I want to be uh, modified by God's power and also qualified by God. So that's, that's the type of legacy that I want to leave. I want to leave where when people, when they see or hear Dennis Keith Winnick III, that that's the only thing they'll know about me, and then they'll be able to, he walked with God, he, he did miracles, and he walked in the power of God that he let, he impacted, influenced, and created culture because he walked with God. And a lot of times, too often, we sometimes um, equate influence with um, people of power or uh, of a great following. So uh, how many of you guys watch any like television preachers or online preachers? Hopefully a lot of you guys during this quarantine time, right? Hopefully everyone's watched someone, even, at, even our great pastor, Pastor Brenda. Hi, Pastor Brenda, if you're watching this later. That's getting brownie points, hopefully. But um, like for me, some person I feel like that has a lot of influence is like a pastor I like to watch is Stephen Furtick from Elevation. Another one of my favorite pastors is Craig Rochelle from Life Church. He's the one that created the Version Bible app. One of my favorite. I feel like they have super influence. Even you can go into political, whether you like him or not, if you're watching this online or if you're in the room, is our president, right? He has power and influence. You can go through a lot of people, but I think a lot of times we think of influence as people who have a lot of, like I was saying, a lot of power and following, but the reality is, and this is one of the biggest lies that, and there's multiple of them, but one of the biggest lies that Satan likes to tell each one of us is that we don't have influence. 
Look at your neighbor and be like, I have influence. If someone's, if that person just listened to you, you have influence in their lives. If they chose to ignore you, maybe turn to your other neighbor, find someone else in the other room, and say, I have influence, right? right. No. Everyone has influence. Influence is just someone who's willing to listen to you. Um, so when I think of creating and impacting and influ influencing culture, when I, I think of Israel, they were set apart, called out by God to change the world, right? They were called to change the world. They, I mean, literally, if you, hopefully all of you guys, you don't have to raise your hand. This is, could be embarrassing for some. Hopefully you guys read the beginning of the Bible, most of those books, right? Where God is teaching, because Israel was walking with God, and God was giving them rules, right? Or he was creating a culture. I'm going to throw out some silly ones, just because I'm the youth pastor here and I can do stuff like that. Like, I thought this was silly where uh, they didn't know not to pee where they sleep. It's in the Bible, where God had to tell his people, hey, go away from where you sleep, out of camp, and, you know, use the bathroom. They were creating culture, right? Another thing, another one I thought was, uh, is a, it might be a little awkward, I'm sorry, I know we have young years, but I'll keep it as PG-13 as I can, is circumcision. Like, that wasn't a thing until they created the culture. God gave it because they were walking with God, and when we walk with God, we have the power to create culture. Those are just, I mean, there's so many different things we can go on. I just chose to, you know, a couple silly ones. Um, but someone who was leading the way at the time, and the person that we're going to be talking about today is King Solomon. King Solomon was the leader of the nation that was supposed to impact the world, right? King Solomon, and the very first thing he does is when he comes, when he gets, uh, becomes king, is he asks God, or he has an experience with God. And it's kind of like, I like to, and I mentioned this on Thursday, is it was kind of like, uh, you guys ever watch like Aladdin or something like that, or some type of genie in the lamp? Has anybody seen something like that? Um, where it's, he kind of had an experience like that in his dreams, where all of a sudden God shows up and he says, ask for anything. So picture that, you, you, God shows up and he's giving you one wish for anything. And the thing that he chose to ask for was wisdom. Which I, I, on a side note, I thought was uh, pretty interesting because he knew that true wisdom could only come from God. Because notice what happened after he asked for wisdom. What did, does anybody know what God gave him? He gave him two big things. Riches and, well, when he asked for wisdom, he gave him riches and fame. Influence, right? Because he knew that if he got wisdom from God, he, he understood Proverbs chapter, even though Proverbs wasn't written yet because he was the guy that wrote it. In Proverbs chapter 3, where it's 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your own understanding. This is what chapter, or what chapter was, uh, 1 Kings chapter 3, King Solomon's asking God this or having this conversation. 1 Kings chapter 3 is King Solomon living out Proverbs chapter, uh, what did I say, 3 verses 5 through 6. Because in that moment, he chose, okay, I don't have the understanding to lead this great nation. You can read that in 1 Kings chapter 3. He says that. Your people, your people are so great. I need your understanding, God. And when he walked and asked and leaned on God in that moment and trusted God to direct his path, all of a sudden God didn't just give him wisdom, but uh, riches and uh, influence followed after that. I don't know about you, how many of you guys would love to have 
just be able to live in a, a financial uh, blessing where you can just bless anyone you, you want. In, in financial abundance, right? Maybe an amen. Remember, I work with youth. I'm used to, I'm used to hearing a little bit thing. But I'm just saying the youth are kind of outdoing you guys. And come on, guys. I know there's youth in here, so you guys got to show the, you know, the, the, the wiser of us how to... <laughs> Thank you. I tried to change my... I'm getting better as I'm getting older. <laughs> Anyways, so I kind of look at it too. How many, do I have any Star Wars fans by chance in here? It's right, you can be honest. It's not, it's not a sin to like Star Wars. If you're, since there's like no, thank you, Steve. Since there's only a couple people in the room, hopefully you guys online love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. And if you've watched all the Star Wars, we, my favorite episode is episode three, where Anakin Skywalker, who was supposed to be the chosen guy who was supposed to bring balance to the force, right, all of a sudden, he had this moment or a decision where he had to make where, okay, am I going to stay on the, the uh, light side or the, the force or, you know, I'm going about, about to go to the dark side, right? And this is where I feel K King Solomon is, right? Because he's the leader of the uh, nation of Israel that's supposed to impact the world. And all of a sudden, Solomon... And this is, this is uh, I know I've, I've been long-winded to tell you my title, which is, okay, they didn't put it up yet. King Solomon got distracted. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about, that we get distracted in our calling that God gives us. See, we, each one of us are called to impact, influence, and create culture, but each one of us has different giftings in order to get that done. Some of you guys might get a mic. Some of you guys might sing. Some of you guys might be in the workforce at your job, right? Some of you guys, wherever God has you, it might be a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home uh, dad. I say that because I'm kind of a stay-at-home kind of dad. I joke, don't ever tell me that. I'm a stay-at-home dad. I stay at home with my child a lot. Anyways, stay-at-home dad, right? And, um, but God has gifted you with whatever it is to make an impact on culture around you with the influence that he has given you. Maybe it's just your children. Maybe it's your coworkers. Maybe it's a certain person while you're walking through the grocery store. In that moment, God will give you influence when the Holy Spirit drops on you to speak into someone's life, right? God has given us the ability to speak life or death into a situation. And a lot of times we fall to, if we're, everybody say real talk, real talk, real talk. This is something I do with the youth. We go hashtag real talk. So if you're online in the comment section, hashtag real talk. But um, a lot of times we lean towards death. And how we do that is by not doing nothing. If you ever tried to garden, and I've tried to garden twice in my entire life. Uh, I think, Steve, you might remember the second time, which was the garden out here, which I didn't do anything to. We left it to Seth, I think. <laughs> and then there was one time when I was younger, when I was a kid, me and my mom and my sisters, we started a garden, and they abandoned it. And then I kind of abandoned it. And the only thing, uh, so if you, if you want to have a garden but you don't want to do any work, plant potatoes. Because the only thing that survived was potatoes. It was over, the gar it, was, it was terrible. I got small potatoes. But when you neglect something, it dies, right? So we can speak death into people's lives by neglecting the things that God drops into us to speak into someone's life as well. So King Solomon. How could, and I think most of us know the story of King Solomon. He, you know, 
Uh, he's living up to the legacy of, he had King David, King Solomon. He's known as one of the wisest men uh, to walk the earth. Um, you can read that uh, in chapter 9, I believe, in 1 Kings. And he, he, people, Queen Elizabeth came and seen him. Different people from all over came to see him. Um, he was known for his wealth. He was known for his, how beautiful his palaces were, his wisdom, and people just wanted to uh, come near him. It's, and it's because he stayed near to God. And that's one thing that God told him um, is, hey, I'm going to give you wisdom, but don't forsake my, my commands and don't worship any other gods, right? Th those are the two things. So pretty much stay near to me and keep worshiping only me. So here King Solomon is, one of the wisest men in history, and he turns away from God. So how could a leader whose gifts and focuses once made him the talk of the world get distracted from his calling to impact, influence, and create the culture of the world? So this is going to be our main text right here, 1 Kings chapter 11. And we're going to read only verses 9 through 10. So 1 Kings chapter 11, 9 through 10. It says, The Lord was very angry with Solomon, for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had warned Solomon, and just a side note, the first time was in the dream. Second time is when he built the palace and the temple for God and dedicated to God. And God showed up and he's like, hey, keep doing what you're doing. Don't worship any other gods and obey my commands. So those were the two times. And then uh, he, it says, it continues, says, he had warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, but Solomon, Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. See, in 1 Kings chapter 9, he warned them, don't worship any other gods, which, think about this, having an experience with God, right, also, and God shows up in your dreams so vividly where he's answering one wish. In that moment, you would think, there's no way I'm going to run away from my call, right? Like, we, I don't know about you guys, I'll have God drop things into my life, and I'll think to myself, I know I got this from God. Anybody have ever had that instance where you knew, you just knew you got something from God? You knew it was, maybe it was a word, maybe it was a call, maybe it was a gift that you had to uh, continue to pursue, right? And here King Solomon is, he knew he got a word from God, and wisdom from God, and all this wealth from God, all this influence from God, God, but yet he found himself slipping away from God because he got distracted from his calling. It's, it's crazy how slippery Satan can be, how he can take us from a, a chapter 9, 1 Kings chapter 9 experience with God, and all of a sudden we find ourselves now in a chapter 11 experience with God where he is yelling or pretty much telling King Solomon off and saying, you know what, I'm angry. You've disobeyed me, right? You've gone away from your, your calling. Um, it's kind of like, uh, we, and it's easy you know, on a, to look back on the situation and think, how could he do it? But we do it in our lives all the time. All of a sudden, God will give us something. Maybe, uh, for me specifically, I remember when he said, all right, we're going to take Benzie Central. And for me, growing up, I'm a super shy person. I, to be honest, I really don't like talking to people. 
I know that's kind of weird, but I really, I really don't like. If you knew me as a young kid, unless you really got to know me, I didn't talk to you. And so, like, the idea of taking Benzie Central, taking God to Benzie Central, was uh, a crazy stretch. And I put it off uh, for years. Un until, you know, God really got a hold of me and we've done, God's opened doors up there. But, like, I want you guys to think in your lives where maybe God has put something into your life. Maybe it's to paint. Maybe it's to sing. Maybe it's you fill in the blank. I'm, I'm sure God has given each one of us some type of dream or ministry that he wants you to be doing, right? And then we get into self-doubt or we get into, uh, we get distracted or we get into, um, let's say, let's say you came to Christ and you're like, I'm, you, uh, used to drink. And you're like, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going there, right? But all of a sudden you find yourself taking one drink, right? And all of a sudden you find yourself slipping and getting distracted from the, the call or the statement that you've made with God. Or maybe uh, financial. Uh, for me, this was a big one, if I'm being honest, where I knew God had called me to a uh, 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 business owner, um, just to be able to be able to bless other people financially. But I also love to buy things. I love shopping and I love instruments. Like I, I thank God Josie just walked out. She knows. <laughs> I, I like, I'm the spender in the relationship. So I had to, I had to learn to be, uh, content with things that I had, right? So God will place things within our lives, but we get distracted uh, all the time from the things that God is trying to call us to do. I know uh, I, I had mentioned one lie of saying, which was influence, right? Another lie is uh, not being content with what we have or taking our eyes off of the promise that God gives us. Satan is so good at that. We're and if any of you guys have worked in the church, which all of you pretty much have, looking around or online, uh, you know, like, we came back together first week in service was last week, right? And now here's our second week back. How many, let's be honest, real talk. Everybody say real talk. You don't have to raise your hand, but you've already had a couple frustrations coming back to church with old things, either, man, where's the coffee? Why isn't this organized a certain way? You know what I'm talking about, right? Right, can I get an amen? So, we, but... Here, here was a promise that God gave us coming back together, but Satan can easily distract us. I know for me and Josie, our house was a big thing. Like, we, we came back from Lansing, and we wanted a house. And it took us years, and God finally gave us a house that we're living in now. And all of a sudden, the promise that God had given us, all of a sudden now Satan is trying to distract us from. He, he all of a sudden, oh, if you had a new floor... Or, hey, you could do this. Or, that sign's okay, but, right? Satan is so good at taking what God has promised us and distracting it so we can take our focus off the promise. I'm not saying those things are bad to want to, you know, change things. But when, when, when uh, Satan takes our praise from our lips and puts it on the circumstance rather than the, uh, praising God for the promise, that's when it becomes a sin. That's when it becomes a problem. And we fall into that, I think, all the time. King Solomon deviated from his call and got distracted. He, 
he started focusing on other things. And we'll talk about that in a second, but I think about Israel in general. Uh, when they first came out of Egypt, they, uh, they had a promised land, right? That, they, God promised them a land, and we call it today promised land. That's how we teach it in children's ministry. And all of a sudden, a, a, a trip that should have only taken a few days turned into 40 years, right? Why? Because Satan took their focus off of the promise of the land and put it on the, the, the circumstances of the giants, the problems. Oh, this is a good land, but look at those giants, right? And all of a sudden, something that should have been only a few days turned to, into 40 years. Another perfect example of this is, and I, I tell this one all the time, is when Peter walked on water. Right? He, he calls out to God, Jesus, if that's really you, you know, let me walk on water, walking on water. And all of a sudden, he takes his eyes off of Jesus and onto the circumstance of the storm. And what happens? He sinks. He falls into it, right? So, too often times we take our focus off of uh, Jesus, off of the promises that he has in our lives, and puts it onto the circumstances. Our circumstances cannot determine our focus. Our circumstances cannot determine our focus because our focus will determine our altitude. I think I'm saying that right. And how far we go. If we keep our focus on Jesus, it will determine how far we go rather than sinking. I don't know about you guys, but like I said in the beginning, I want to leave a legacy. And in order to leave a legacy, you have to stay close to God and stay focused on God. Uh, it's kind of, so I mow. I have a mowing company. And I ha I'm not going to, some of you guys will already know, but I'm not going to state any names. I'm not going to look around. But I have someone that works with me that's learning how to mow. Now, one thing that on a mower, when you're working on a zero-turn mower, in order to get the straight lines, you don't look at the things around you, at the ground around you. You look ahead. You you pick a focus point at the end. So, like, if I was mowing to Amy, I'd look at Amy in the back doors, and that would be my focus point, right? Well, this particular person that I am training up, I'm like, all right, pick a focus point, and then you'll get your straight lines. All of a sudden, is, it goes way off. I have, if you guys want to see pictures, I literally took pictures of this, and it's like snake lines. So, like, we were leaving this account, which they were having a, re, uh, I'm trying to think, a ceremony at this place, and on the one side, perfect straight lines, and on the other side, it was like snakes went through there, and it's because uh, we take our focus off of Jesus, right? And it's the same thing in our lives. We take our focus off of Jesus, and all of a sudden, we get off the course, right? We sink into the water. We, we take a trip that should have only been a few days, and it turns into 40 years. We go, you know, the same where we keep going, that old saying where you're going around the mountain again and again. I, you guys know what I'm talking about? It's when you take your focus off of Jesus. So, distractions, distractions is the enemy of direction. Distraction will always be the enemy of direction. Look to your neighbor and be like, I'm not getting distracted any longer. I'm moving forward starting today. I'm going to new levels starting today. Keep going, keep going. I, I'm not looking back. 
I might swerve off and my lines might not be straight all the time, but I'm keeping my focus. I might sink into the circumstance, but Jesus is right there to pull me back up. Right? Yeah. Everybody say amen. Amen. So King Solomon got distracted by worshiping other gods. But so King Solomon was known for not just his wisdom. He wasn't just known for his fame and his palaces. Does anybody know the other thing King Solomon was known for? His women. He had a woman problem, right? See, it's kind of it's kind of like when we God gives us a, a call in our lives. It's like when God gives us a call in our lives and we allow little things to distract us, right? For King Solomon, God had placed a call on his life and he allowed his pleasures, I want you guys to listen, he allowed his pleasures to distract him. He allowed his passion to distract him. King Solomon, and I'll read it actually. 1 Kings chapter 11, and it's a few verses up from where we were. In verse 1 through 3, it says, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Eden, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, You must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyways. He had 700 wives. All the guys said, Oh boy. <laughs> I'm just saying it could have been either way. This is the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. Of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. And then when we jump down to verse 9, that's where it says God got angry at him. Right? He disobeyed the command. So King Solomon was, I don't know if they're going to throw it up, selfish. Selfishness. He, he, King Solomon became consumed with himself rather than his call. Too often we become consumed with our hobbies, our things that are pleasures, our passions, and we get distracted from the call that God has placed on each one of us. Man, I told myself, now I'm going to have to speed. We're, I know I say this every time, but I'm, I'm used to te uh, preaching to teenagers, so I get 15 minutes, and when I get like a little bit longer, it's kind of fun. So like, I'm trying to hurry, I promise. We're at 30 minutes, just so you guys know. Anyways, it happens every time. Selfishness. King Solomon got selfish, right? He got consumed. It's kind of like in our lives. Um, I love camping. I love playing sports. Uh, people love often. Uh, people love, some people love work, or some people allow work to distract them from their calling. People allow relationships to distract them, kids to distract them from their calling. I'm not saying any of these things are bad, but when it takes your focus off of God, it becomes a sin. Everybody say real talk. <laughs> God should be number one interest in your life. If he's not, you're distracted. If God is not your number one interest in your life, you're going to get distracted with whatever you have before it. I know me and Josie's have this conversation, Josie's my wife, if you guys didn't know, had this conversation multiple times. We always put God first. For us, it goes God first, and then for me, it's Josie, not my son Titus. Then Titus, then my son, right? Like I said, it's real talk. That's the order. We have to put God first if we want to stay on focus. 
But too often, we allow distractions of our pleasures to get in the way. And that's what happened to King Solomon. He allowed his woman problem to get in the way, which then seeped into worshiping other gods. Right? All of a sudden, here was King Solomon, the chapter 9 or chapter 3 experience, uh, heard from God, got this great calling. Chapter 9 happens, another experience with God. And all of a sudden, a chapter 3, chapter 9 experience also turned into a chapter 11 experience where God is angry because he got distracted and put because of his own interests. Another distraction is not feeling adequate enough. We said selfishness and another one is not feeling adequate enough. And this is uh, okay I'm going I'm going to try to close if Amy or the worship team can slowly make their way back up. But another distraction is not feeling adequate enough. Sometimes we get overwhelmed. I know for me, when I was called into ministry, and I knew I was called into ministry at a young age, and I was super shy, stutter problem. Um, like I said, didn't like talking to people. And these are all things I had to choose to overcome through the power of God. But, um, and a lot of times, and it, you, I want you guys to, and we all, I feel like each one of us has something that, raise your hand if you feel like God, you have something that God has given you to do. That you have a job to get done. If you, if you didn't know, you have a job to create impact and influence culture. So now you know, raise your hand if you haven't yet. If you're online, start throwing up hand emotes right now. You can put those hands down. But each one of us are called to impact culture, right? sometimes we allow feeling inadequate to keep us from doing what God is calling us to do. We feel like we're not good enough to do that. How can I speak? I'm too shy. How can I lead a, a small group? I'm, I, I just got saved. Or how can, how can I lead my family or be a leader in the church because I'm busy because of work as I have to provide, right? I'm not saying providing for family and stuff like that isn't bad, but when, when, it, when God's not your number one interest and all of a sudden your hobbies and work is distracting, and I know that's hard. It's probably the hardest thing I say today. Distracts you from your, the, what God has placed your calling on your lives, then, then you're walking and sitting and you're going to miss it. You'll never feel fulfilled. Proverbs we already mentioned, chapter 3, 5 through 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path, right? So when it comes to not feeling adequate enough, we don't do it alone. King Solomon, he felt inadequate uh, if you were to read chapter 3. He states, he says, how can I lead your people, this great nation? How can I lead your people to create culture and impact the world, right? But the one thing he understood is, God, I need your wisdom. And if we can just come to that understanding this morning that, God, we need your wisdom, we need your understanding, then we can create impact and, and influence culture and take away and remove those distractions from our lives. That when we go through the storms of life, like Peter was walking on water, that also we come to the middle of the storm, the eye of the storm, and we have peace, right? Also, we find peace within chaos. Satan 
is good at getting us to look at our circumstances too often. I know I said this, we've stated it. Satan loves to take the promises of God and distract you from them. He loves to take the things that God wants to give you, your callings, your, your, which is your purpose, your destiny, and distract you from it, either uh, from interests, hobbies, or not feeling adequate enough. So Satan is good at getting us to look at our circumstances. In James it says, if we draw near to God, in James chapter 4, if we draw near to God, God will draw near to us, right? Oftentimes, we like to try to do things on our own. We like to separate God from um, our circumstance. Hey, Connor, did you bring that board in by chance? You want to go get that for me? I'm going to have a quick illustration. Hopefully, I don't know if it's going to work out. We'll find out. You think I would have tried this first, but I didn't. gotta wait for the board. We're gonna wait for the board. Everybody say God. Um, cool. I'll put that right on there. Thanks, man. Is, uh, is Caleb out there? Is he on? Can Caleb hear me? Caleb, we need you. Hey, Caleb, I need your help. You want to come up here? Alright, man, you ready to help? I need you to grab a box over there. here. You can put it right here on the board. Let's see what this one says here. Uh, I'm going to let you guys, we didn't name this one, so you guys get to pick a name for this one. Pick a circumstance. Pick something. Go ahead. Drama. Drama. All right, grab another one, Caleb. This is a big one. Kind of heavy. Relations, relationships. Grab another one. That can give you some headaches, huh? What do we got here? Uh, we got one that just says circumstance. So you guys get to pick something again. Go grab another one. We'll keep going. Oh, I thought you read the next box. So, carries a carries a profit. Right. Finances. All right, we got one more. We'll see if this thing bounces. I was somewhat good at Jenga, but not the best. Hey, what we got in the last one? Death. Someone dying. Hey, we made it happen. All right, Caleb, I need you to walk around very careful. Coming to this side. Alright, so this is the illustration that I have here for you guys. A lot of times we like to put God at the furthest point of our circumstances, right? And we don't get the best leverage on these things, right? 
So in order for us to get the best leverage on when people die and it's hard, when finances are tough, and when um, relationships are, maybe it's marriage, maybe it's boyfriend, girlfriend, you fill in the break, friendship, maybe, maybe uh, you're, it could be if you're someone online, depression, maybe it's anxiety, maybe you fill in the blank. Whenever, the, in order to have the best leverage on these, what do we need to do? According to James chapter 4. Draw near to God, right? We need to take God closest to our circumstances to get the best leverage. Because from right here, it's not, I mean, we got some boxes. It will fall a little bit. That's all right. We're going to stack it again. But I knew I was going to have to stack just because of, uh, we're going to put God at the best or at the closest spot. And then we'll have Tommy help Caleb. Caleb, you want to help him? Oh, actually, Tommy, you want to just hold one and stand on that board for me? We're going to see what happens. Sorry, Amy. We're going to have some fun. Caleb, come on this side. Come on this side. We're going to try this. This, this, is, this is why, uh, this is the thing that you don't tell Pastor Brenda, but it's online, so she's going to find out. Sorry. <laughs> stand, stand on that. All right. We'll see what happens. I don't know if the board break, but I think, oh, yeah, we can flip you. I think Caleb can flip you. All right, stand on that. Tommy, just don't fall, okay? Just don't fall on, on Amy, your mom. All right, Caleb, I'm going to allow you pull, flip him. Pull, pull that down. Pull it down. Need help? You need help? You ready? Actually, hold on, hold on. Let's grab, let's grab. Um, we'll go relationships since that's a big one. Closer so you can get the best leverage. All right, go ahead. Stand on it. All right, Caleb, ready? Go ahead. We need to here, get back on there. Get back on there real quick. Get back on there. Here, hold, hold this, Caleb. Hold this steady. Try again the best. Can you, does it read God right? Have this. Maybe that's right. You need a little help balancing just to get on there. All right. You ready, Caleb? So on the count of three, we're going to have everybody go three, two, one. And when they yell go, you're going to pull as hard as you can, right? Even if you break the board, it's all right. You ready for this? So are you guys ready out there? We're going to give it, we're going we're gonna to go three, two, one. We're going to all yell go. So here we go. Ready? Three. Hey. Good round of applause for Caleb. Good job, Caleb. You can go sit down. You can go sit down, man. It works. Everybody says it works. It gets the idea across, right? We're, we need to get close. We need to put God closest to our circumstances if we want to get the best leverage on the, circum, on the circumstance. Um, I'm going to close here. Just got to open. I'm going to have everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed real fast. And... I'm gonna do, uh, we're gonna have three things here at the end. And this is for everyone online as well. That sometimes the very first decision that we need to make is accepting Jesus Christ into our life as Lord and Savior. See, God the Father sent Jesus to die on the cross to go to the grave, to come out of the grave so that we can have victory over every circumstance that we come against. That we can have promises that we can focus on so that we can have purpose in our life. And he wipes us clean because of the blood of Jesus Christ dying for us and coming out of the grave. So this is what I want to do real quick. If you're either online or in the room, 
I'm going to ask, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have you quickly slip up your hand. Or if you want to rededicate your life, you're like, you know what? I've been distracted. I need to realign my focus. I want you to slip those hands up right now. If you're, even if it's just a coming back to God. No one's looking around. Everybody's eyes are closed. Online, just slip it up in the room. You guys can put those hands down. And we're going to say a prayer together. And I want everybody in the room to repeat. So for those that raise their hand in the room and for those that are online, so that we can pray with them. So just repeat after me. Father, thank you for sending your son. Jesus to die on the cross to go to the grave to come out of the grave so that I can have victory over every circumstance so that my sins can be wiped clean in Jesus my name Amen so I'm going to have everybody stand now so this is how we're going to close tonight we're going to enter a time of worship and I think one of the best ways we can declare over circumstances, and I say this all the time, you guys probably have heard me say this every, almost every time I get up, is through praise. Because in Matthew, it talks about, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 3, it talks about how praise is the father of breakthrough. So if you're in the room right now, and you have a circumstance in your life, maybe it's as, even as far as feeling inadequate, or maybe it's... Uh, uh, you've been distracted from something that God has placed in your life to get done, I want you to throw that hand up real fast. Just throw up your hand. If you know God is giving you something to do and you're not doing it, I want to see those hands real quick. Online, I want you to throw those emotes up as well, the hand emotes. You can put those hands down. If you're in uh, the room as well, and you feel like this could be, you might be double raising hands, all right. I, I got a, a specific word yesterday where this year was, I think we had a lot of like plans for this year going into the beginning of this 2020, right? Vision, see clearly, all this stuff, right? It was supposed to be the best year, but also we had a huge setback. I think you guys know the setback, right? Can we all agree we feel like it's been a setback? But in order for something to be catapulted, you have to have a setback. And I feel like that's what God is doing in, our, in a lot of our lives right now is where he's, it might felt like a setback, but what he's doing is he's pulling you back and getting ready to send you into your call this year. It might be a late start. We might be six, seven months into, six months into it, but it's never too late when it comes to God because God can redeem the time. And he wants to catapult you into your calling, but it comes down to you making that choice today. So if you're in the room, you're like, you know what? I want to be sent forth into my calling right now. I want you to throw both hands up. Both hands up, say, you know what? I'm surrendering to that call. Lord, you see the hands that are going up in the room and online, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you're making a way right now, Lord, that we're set inside distractions, our interests, and we're putting you as our number one interest right now, Father. That right now, Lord, we just ask you to catapult us into our calling, Father, into our purpose, Lord, and help us not to get distracted. Help us to keep our focus on you. Help us, even though we might get off, our lines might get off, we might, it might take a few extra days, a few extra years, but we're right now, Lord, declaring that, you know what, no longer will I get distracted. Everybody say, no longer am I getting distracted. No longer am I believing the lies of sin. I have influence. I have the power of God 
the Holy Spirit flowing through me. I'm going to lean on God's understanding and he's going to direct my path this year, 2020. So I just want you guys in this time, just like we said in Matthew chapter 1, verse 3, it talks about how praise is the Father breakthrough. So if you just declared some things right now and you want those breakthrough, whatever's holding you back from that so that you can release that catapult, you need to praise God like you've never praised God before. When you set new levels, beginning of service, let's elevate even further. All right, they're going to uh, dim the lights for us. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that we're going to new levels.